Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Good One, a podcast about jokes. I'm your host, Jesse David Fox. You're listening to a bonus episode. It is not at all like a traditional Good One interview. There's no clip up top. We don't only talk about one scene. Uh, there's no laughing around. But it's still a conversation about process and craft, which is ostensibly what this show does. Earlier this month, I had the good fortune of speaking to Bill Hader in detail about the dark, panic season three finale of Barry. A transcript of our conversation ran on Vulture right after the episode aired, but I thought you, my beloved dear listener, would find it interesting too, assuming you watch Barry, I should say, uh, because we spoil the the hell out of a very spoilerable finale. Uh, if, you've, if you haven't watched Plan 2 and hate having things ruined, don't listen. Stop right now. But if you do watch, I think you'll find this deep dive super satisfying because what the hell was that finale? And I mean that in the best way possible. So here is Bill Hader. I am here with Bill Hader. Thank you for joining me. Hi. Um, so let's get into it um, with how it ends. You know, going into the finale, it felt like something had to happen to Barry. Did you start with what happens and work backwards? Did you build to episode eight without knowing where you'd end? Was it sort of a combination of both? Was it ever a consideration to kill Barry or anything like that? No. Um, first day of writing season three on the whiteboard, I wrote down, you know, Kusno knows. Barry knows Kusno knows and throws him in the trunk of a car. That's in episode one. Uh, Sally's going to have her own show and at some point it's going to go away. Um, Cristobal and Hank are a couple. Fuchs is going to start a vengeance army. <laughs> and then last episode, Kusuno hmm. uh, catches Barry. And Barry goes to jail. And so that, that was always, that, that was where we were headed as we were writing. Now, during that time, you have to be open enough to go, oh, we might get there and say, forget it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But every step of the way, it just made more, more sense of like, no, that's, that's the direction we should be going. 
why why is that why did why did it was it sure that like it had to end in an, an arrest like why does that make sense like when i said him dying that didn't make sense to you but like why you're like that, that at this point it's this I think because, well, dying, the story's over, and I felt yeah. like there was more story. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then arrest was kind of like, there's only so long a guy can get away with this. Mm-hmm. And, and then you, I know I feel in shows sometimes where you're going, oh, they're, they're trying to keep the thing going, and now things are getting a little ridiculous to keep the thing going. And, yeah. and so... Um, it was like, I think he would get caught, you know, mm-hmm. he's, act, he's already in season two acting. Uh, he's, he's not Jason Bourne or Walter White or he's not genius. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's a, he's a very kind of dumb guy. So at some point he's going to get caught, you know, mm-hmm. and it made sense. The idea of Gene Kusno wanting justice for Janice and then getting it by the end but he has to go through this kind of transformation himself to get it mm-hmm. that, that was interesting so the episode is entitled starting now which is a callback to the first season it is also what albert says to barry and i want to talk about sort of those last few scenes you know like albert says this to barry starting now you're going to stop doing this then he has a call with sally where he seems sort of expressing love and then he then you know he he ends up driving to gene and he seems to, like, be back to whatever it was. You don't know what this man is capable of. Barry, he's going to ruin me. He's going to destroy everything I worked for. Get the fuck out of here. I'm going to go talk to him. You get no, the fuck out of here. No, him. you can't talk to him. He's no. That man only wants revenge. You cannot talk to him. He's crazy. He knows everything, Barry. He knows you killed Janice. I'm so sorry. Just, let's get in the car and go. Get out of here. No. Get out of here. No, 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 please. You can't go. No, 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 no. Listen to me, Barry. Please don't go in there. No, fuck me. Don't go in there. Get out of here. Get out of here. No, no, no. Don't go in there. Don't go in there. Can you talk about what goes through Barry's head, those sort of three scenes? Like, is he just back to what he was doing? Yeah, it's funny you mention that. I find that really funny. I don't think anybody else will find it <laughs> very funny. Um, that he's given his humanity back. He's about to get killed. He's accepted death. He gets his humanity back by the guy that really started it all. He mm-hmm. First time he killed somebody unlawfully or out of rage and emotion was that innocent Afghani guy. And, and so... so he then is so then Albert says essentially you're forgiven and, and you're not evil but like I, like I can't have anything to do with you but get out of here and Barry is fine and so he's, he's planning the future with Sally who unbeknownst is taking off the Joplin which really makes yeah. sense and then uh, and then he gets that call from Jim Moss and he gets the call he talks to Cousineau that Kusno's gonna possibly go kill Jim Moss. So then it goes into him caring about Kusno and that, you know, his feelings kind of mm-hmm. like, what is happening? All these people from the acting class <laughs> turn violent and, and you know, and it's it's kind of, you know, 
look at the mess he's made. Mm-hmm. You know? And he goes there because he loves Cousineau. And then when Cousineau says, he knows you killed Janice, he knows everything. Now Barry is just about who Barry's always been about, which is Barry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now it's like, Cousineau, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. I got to go take care of this. And everything he's just been given, he is completely thrown out the door, which is what Fuchs does, you know, which yeah. Sally does. You know, it's a thing that it's a cycle. It's 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 a thing that I mean, not at these stakes, but you do that in life, which I find funny. You know, it's yeah. a constant cycle of of making the same mistakes over and over again, whether yeah. it's you know um, ro- romantically or professionally or whatever it is, you, we do it. It especially that moment remind me of. Uh, Flannery O'Connor's short story, A Good Man is Hard to Find, which I've heard you sort of allude to. And essentially the idea that the Barry would be a good person if at all, at all moments someone was holding a gun being like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we allude to that in a scene with Joe Montaigne in episode five where, where Cousineau says, you know, uh, you know, you really put things in perspective when you got a gun on you, you know? <laughs> and Joe Montaigne goes, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> uh but yeah, you're right. You know, that that feeling is very much in the the whole show. Mm-hmm. That's a story I, I we we Liz Sarnoff and I, one of the writers especially, would allude to that short story a lot, you know. So so in that scene during the raid, um you know, SWAT team surrounds Barry and you sort of can't tell his reaction. He's sort of bewildered and then until he sees Gene and then like there's something going on. And Gene has a very specific Face. Can you talk about what's going on with Barry, what's going on with Gene, and how you wanted to shoot that to communicate it to the audience? Um, when Barry hears the guy say, drop the gun, the SWAT team, he's a little in shock. And then I like the, you know, um, Jim Moss turning around uh, and looking at him in these kind of, I call them the Jonathan Demi close-ups, <laughs> where you're <laughs> right into the lens. And um, and then he sees that he's surrounded. He's in total shock. He doesn't fully understand it. So it's Wade Allen, our stunt coordinator, is playing the you know when yeah. he's workman, and he gets his attention, and we push in on him. So now he's locked in on that guy. Now he understands this is real. And then when they clear, Kusno's looking at him, and that's the only shot all season that we shot on a 50 millimeter lens mm-hmm. or on a longer lens. Usually we shoot very wide lenses to give it just a different feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and yeah. So I just told Henry, I go, you just have to look at him. Like I got you, mm-hmm. you know, I go, I think that's the feeling just, I got you. And I go, you don't have to do anything. I go, honestly, you don't have to do much. Just stare at me. And, <laughs> and he did it. And then I did my look and then we went to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, so I guess, how do you get to Gene at that moment being, you know, there, the, the big theme of the season is sort of the idea of forgiveness. And you have Noho Hank saying forgiveness has to be earned. And it feels like all characters have an opportunity to do that. And yeah. Gene is the one who arguably does the most, right? And then you have the interrogator. So talk about 
how he then gets to this point where he has a face that's it's not happy it's just like contented in a way of like i got you i have a clear morality of what i feel about this circumstance yeah you know with with kusno this season he does this thing where you know he is taken captive by barry barry threatens to kill his his son and grandson he sticks up for himself but then immediately is like i gotta get out of dodge but then Hollywood and his ego and everything mm. is Achilles heel. Everybody's now loving him and kissing his ass and the adulation he always wanted is coming back. And he feels like he's given this second chance. So what he does with it is try to, um, you know, he apologizes to people and that feels good. And then Laura San Giacomo's character is like, you know, fuck you, you got to earn it. <laughs> and he does earn it, but he's still doing it for himself. Yeah, he doesn't really care about her career. He doesn't really care. It's you know, it's it's like you know, he's writing a check to charity to make himself feel good. You know, but he's yeah. not going down there <laughs> and making and, and meeting the people and hearing. Yeah, yeah. Plays, you know what I mean. And and Jim Moss essentially calls brings him back to what's important, which is, um, you know, why you're protecting Barry Berkman. Do you love Janice? And do you love Barry Berkman? Because you can't have both. Mm. And he makes a decision to to risk his life and to really do the best performance of his life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And that was in episode two, we have Barry saying, you're a bad actor, Mr. Kusno. And then it's paid off later of like, no, he actually is going to fully fool you into, you know. Yeah. And it's the best performance of his life. And he does it flawlessly. And so it was that look and that moment is Kusno getting final forgiveness in, in an episode that is incredibly dire and, and yeah. very rough. It was important to end it on at least a moment of someone having a real mm-hmm. emotional, spiritual win of something. Yeah. And that's Kusno. So the, and then it builds to the last shot, which um, has it's a shot that seems visually similar to a lot of things you do throughout the season. But just for those listening, you know, it's you have Jim shot through the windows. There's sort of five windows. He's in the second window. There's a tree in the third window, which somewhat feels like an allusion to the tree that's throughout the season. And then sort of two empty windows and you just sort of stay on it. And then sort of the season ends. Um also in frame is the photo of his daughter that Barry killed in season one. Um, how did you land on that shot and why that shot? What do you want to, what does that communicate? Um, you know, we the, initially as written, the last scene was the cops taking Barry out and they're kind of beating him up and throwing mm. him in the cop car. And there's onlookers, neighbors are out in the street and all this. And that's what it was up until the very end. And then, we went to a location scout and we looked at that house and I saw that window and I just thought, Oh, it'd be really interesting to see Jim Moss and Cousineau out that window and a kind of alluding in my brain, at least, I don't know if it comes across, you know, Sally, when that, when she's killing the guy and the, you know, the thing closes and you don't hear it, it was like a room tone feeling. And I was going like, Oh, that'd be interesting. And then I thought, oh, you know what? They catch him, and all the cop cars leave. And then there's Jim Moss, but he still he still has to go inside that house. Yeah. 
and that and that house is empty because of Barry. And and I was like, this feels right. This thing's about, you know, as a show, you know, people go, oh, it's a comedy. It's a comedy because it's thirty minutes. It's a it's a story. You know what I mean? Everybody's trying to put it in this thing. It's it's. I just view it as like a story. Mm-hmm. And a show this season very much was about trauma and the and victims of trauma and, and everything. And I was like, I think it'd be nice to just kind of remember a lot of these shows, Janice Moss would have been killed or stories. She would have been killed. And then you kind of onto something else or yeah, yeah. She died and whatever. And it's like, no, the woman who died at the end of, at this of season one, that permeates and destroys that, that hurts this guy. That hurts. It affects a lot of people. You know, and it doesn't just go away. It, 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 you know, and that was always kind of an interesting notion I had with the show. You know, that yeah. Berg and I would talk about a lot is that you know it's, you know, everything has consequences and everything sticks around. And if you've had somebody you you loved who's died, it doesn't you know just go away. Yeah. So it, it felt right that that shot. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you said the tree because that. That just happened to have a tree there. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I thought it could be one or the other, but it's like, that eh, kind of works both ways. I love that interpretation. <laughs> but I, the minute you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, there is a tree. <laughs> uh, you, you, you mentioned Sally, and Sally's descent, there's almost like a Lady Macbeth quality to it. What were the conversations like that her relationship with Barry and all of this would, and the show and all the things that happened to relate to her killing someone and also the conversations around just shoot her sort of so violently choked right beforehand sort of like how did it all come together once you're getting to the point of like this is actually what we're going to go for this character to do yeah that was that was always kind of there from the beginning i mean we it changed a little bit but i always we always kind of said well god what if you know it's one of those things where you go okay sally wants him to go after natalie what is that scene and then you go god what if that taylor guy shows up what if the Taylor guy knocks Barry out and now it's Sally and the Taylor guy and you think of her past, you think mm-hmm. about everything she's been through and what that guy wants, which is to just get rid of her to, to she's a fly to him. He just wants to get yeah. rid of her and, and torture Barry. And, and for her to have to recall this, her past, you know, and, and, you know, we try to allude to that in the first episode where she's watching two stunt people work on a scene and it's basically the scene that you see later, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and Allie Greer and I talked about when she's getting choked, it was just kind of, she's the editor, Allie, and I think it needs to go for a while because I don't want this to feel like an action scene. Hmm. I wanted you to feel how fucking awful this is and how kind of, uh, um, just, you know, the, the lack of respect for human life, you know, and, and how she can give up and she doesn't, you know, yeah. the moment where she can and, and, and she's at such a low ebb, she could, and, and she doesn't. And that he then goes why'd you do that to me? Why did you just put that thing in my eye? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he's, yeah. you know, cause we have all these, these vengeance army people 
And, you know, they're all conflicted, but it was important for me to have someone who's just a psychopath. Just because yeah, yeah. people exist, you know? Just know anything. And so it, no empathy or anything or, or emotion. And so, you know, he feels like, hey, we were, you know, it was almost like we were playing a game and you just hurt me. <laughs> and that would just inflame her. And we did have conversations, you know, people went, okay, well, does she take off running? Does she call the cops or, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, I think it'd be interesting just everything she's been through. She just starts hitting the guy with a baseball bat, you know, just out of rage, you know, now she's been triggered in this other place that it's kind of a reflection and a callback to Barry when Albert was shot, you know, mm-hmm. and he just sees red and goes off and does a thing and it's out of love and, and that was a long thing. And then I remember I asked Sarah Goldberg about it. I go, well, what do you think? And she's like, oh, I'm killing that guy. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, there's no way I'm going to kill that guy. <laughs> so, so yeah, we, we figured that out. And then, and then, you know, the thing with the door closing and it being in silence is a way, again, it's kind of a feeling. It's like a, you know, what I get from that is like, she's being cut off. We, we've lost mm. something from her now a part of her has been silenced by portraying a, by, by murdering somebody. Um, you, it follows that. And there's sort of the intense close up on her. Yeah. As Barry's trying to explain. <laughs> look, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I did this. Hey, 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 listen, listen. I did this. Okay. I did this. Who did this? I did this. No, I did this. I did this. Look at me. Look at me. I did this. Say, Barry did this. Barry did this. Barry did this. Say it again. Barry did this. Barry did this. Barry did this. Say it again. Barry did this. That's it. Okay. You're going to go home. You're going to go home. You were never here. Okay. Okay, go. It is an intense moment. It is throughout this episode, you're using close up in a way that you first introduced in episode two. But for the most part, like it has not been a huge vocabulary for the show. How what what did it mean for that these episodes to to incorporate that? And then I guess the other thing I want to ask you about visually is the dissolves. This episode has sort of slow dissolves. Yeah, that um, well, the close ups, that close up of Sarah that was figured out on set because I was trying to get a shot where I take her out of the, the, you know, which is in there where I take her out of the booth and we push in, we kind of drop down into them. And, and then as we were, I was watching what she was doing. I was like, I think we need to go in for a close up and we just lined it up in this big close up and okay, we're going to do a close up real quick. Here we go. Action. And then Sarah did that. And it was just, (laughs) Uh, and, and I'm, you know, it's like, I'm kind of seeing what she's doing. So I'm saying it, you know, say it again, say it again, say it again. It's like, you know, and, um, and I was just feeling what she was doing yeah. going like, oh my God, she's really doing something amazing here. This, this is like, you know, part of my job is going like, Ooh, this is a moment. Let's it's, it, you know, it's a bit like yeah. move something really yeah. special is happening here. 
And, um, and we did it and I just went, that's the best acting I think I've ever been around, you know, cause yeah. we cut, and then she's like, oh, okay, <sighs> what's next? <laughs> you know, and, and I go, um, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Carl Hersey, the, the DP came in and goes, ah, oh, we got a buzz on the lens on that one. I went, what do you, what? And we have a buzz on the lens focus dropped out for a second. Ah, and I was really frustrated and Sarah was frustrated and he was frustrated. And so we tried to do two more and it just wasn't happening. Mm. She went, dude, it's just not there. And then I went over to the monitors and we watched it and I, I can't see it. I just don't have the eye for it. I go, where's the drop in the light? You know, and other people go right there. And I'm like, I don't see it. I was like, fuck it. That's what's going on. <laughs> you know, it's like, that was amazing. It really is. It's like a transcendent moment. And, and I like that. You know, it's it, it fits to the thing of Barry saying like, no, 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 let me take on your, let me take it, let me own it. Yeah, you know, I started all this, and let, you know, let me try to own it. And you just can't do that. Um, and then the dissolve, you dissolve there, but you dissolve. All the same. Allie Greer and I, when we were putting that episode together, when you cut from each of these, you know, the garage, Sally killing the guy, Hank in the basement, all that to the tree, it was. A marathon you know mm. it's just getting punched in the face one after another and i said well why don't we just own it do you want to try putting some dissolves in to just own it and make it feel like it's one kind of piece mm. you know um and she did and it worked out great and she was able to time those perfectly and 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 that's a real art of okay it goes a little too long so you go back you know it's like she she worked that out and i just thought it looked Great. It looks like we planned yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I assumed you did. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Ali Greer. Yeah. Um, the, you mentioned what people do out of love, and that's another thing that comes up a bunch this season in sort of different ways of, you know, obviously there's Hank, there's there's Noho Hank and Crystal Ball's relationship and what they do out of love, but even in this episode, what Crystal Ball's wife is doing to try to, like, do her version of, I guess, conversion yeah. therapy. But Sally is trying to protect the things she loves, her career. You know, Gene is wrestling over what he thinks he loves. What were you hoping to show about love, or what were the sort of the conversations that led to a very different way in which love is portrayed in art. You know, usually it's like romantic love and you're like, yeah, and this it's is not romantic. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. You see some awful shit happens because of love, you know, love can really complicate things and, and, uh, love of your country, love of, you know, your religion, love of, you know, a lot of things, you know, turn into wars, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it was, you know, it was just kind of a, again, it's like a feeling. You just start to go, well, that's in there someplace. Let's, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, what you do is you just try to ride it scene by scene, and then these little patterns start showing up. And then you got to notice a pattern. You go, ooh, everybody's kind of going through the same thing. And now let's try this. Let's put, you know. And, and, um, and so all these things started kind of coming to the surface the more you write it and the more you hone it. But it takes a lot of time. I mean, if you saw the first drafts of it, it's it's like all over the place. It's really messy. Yeah. It's just a, a constant act of getting it honed down and honed down. It takes a really long time. I mean, the biggest thing you need when you're writing is time, you know, and, and, and in a lot of television, you don't have the, the time. Um, but love is a thing you know, that, um, 
it's very, it could be a, a, a scary emotion. You know, I, yeah. I know like when my kid was born, my first daughter was born and all three of them, when they're born, you just hold them and you go, Oh, I might be able to hold somebody now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this sucks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like this, like I love my parents. I love my sisters, but like, I'm fucking like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, yeah. It's, and, and I, people feel that about a, a lot of other things. I'm not saying, you know, it could yeah. be anything, but for me personally, that was, that was that feeling. And then you go, geez, that's scary, you know? Yeah. So, and then, so how did you, once you decided Noho Hank and Crystal Baldwin relationship, how did you think you needed to like, and it's going to be this sort of Romeo and Juliet type of thing. How did you get to this ending and sort of, you know, yeah. How did you think of this ending? Like, this is how it has to get to for them to be in a relationship or even to get this to, to end a season in a relationship. This is what it would look like. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, I think it was always this feeling that Hank was going to get captured and then Hank was going to have to resort to violence the same way Sally is and mm. Kusno is, you know, it's, it's everybody kind of having Barry's problem, you know, and it's, it's all of a piece hopefully. And how we got there, I didn't really know until we started writing it. I looked at the last two scripts and they were written in August of 2020. So <laughs> we were, you know, yeah. the, deep in the pandemic and, we had started writing season four at a zoom as a zoom room. And then I was going back into season three and changing things. And then those last two episodes, I remember, you know, I write it and I send it off to writers and they give notes and everything. And then basically the way it shakes out, I, that's just, I, I do say Liz Sarnoff, the writer was the one that said, Oh, they should be doing conversion therapy. She should be doing mm. conversion therapy on, on, um, on Cristobal. And you're right. It's out of love. It's, she's just trying to fix her husband. And that's what Kritzia, that actress was amazing. I was like, just, that's what you're trying to do. You're just, you're not, you know, torturing him. You're not, to torture mind, you're not torturing him. It's the same as, you know, when you train a dog and you see people spray them with like, you know, yeah. uh, uh, water guns, <laughs> like in your mind, that's what you're doing. You don't see how horrible and disgusting it is what you're doing, you know? And um, you're doing it out of love. So, yeah, I mean, that that was the idea of how to get there. But um, and then shooting that was um, for something so intense. It's actually a lot of laughing and fucking around because it's just you're just trying to like it's so uncomfortable. So everybody's <laughs> just having fun. And I got to give Anthony Kerrigan a lot of credit because in that scene with the Panther, he's just reacting to me saying telling him what's happening yeah oh wow he's not reacting to any screaming or anything he's just reacting to me going okay now this happens and he's just imagining it and doing it it was pretty great we'll be right back with more bill Hader talking about the season three finale of barry hi i'm ben i suffer from a condition called writer's block it strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. 
Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at canva.com designed for work. Canva. Calling all female runners. It's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Now back to Bill Hader. You'll often talk about how you try not to judge these characters, whatever that means. You're, so you're sort of presenting them. And, and, and however, this episode, there is... You know, you'll you'll talk about this season as the the chickens come home to roost. There is a fact of like punishment is going to be happening to these people, and there is a this finale has a sort of judgment day quality to it, mm-hmm. a, as well as like there's some more like Judeo Christian allusions to like heaven hell type stuff. Yeah, 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 no, totally. So yeah. like, what what does it mean to do you punish these people without judgment? How do you you know you have three seasons of this? You have this character you're not judging. How did you think of it in terms of this way when these characters are now facing consequences? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a thing where you're not judging them along the way. They're just being human, you know, but then by their actions, actions have reactions and actions have consequences, you know. So it's like, you know, Sally, for instance, we thought it was really interesting to just go, what if Sally gets everything she wants? And she is really good at it. Yeah. And because, not because of her fault at all, but just the way, you know, the the industry is, her show goes away and then someone she thought was her friend and steals her show and, you know, and all these bad things happen to her. Um, You just take it step by step, you know, and then you go, well, let's get her to her because she's, she makes a choice to go to Barry's house and say, Hey, can you, you know, uh, scare Natalie? She ends up killing a guy. And, and it was very important to us that, you know, it's the distinction because Barry can't invite her over. Hmm. She has to go there and she has to be the one pushing that. And, and again, it's like Barry, when he's in the car at the end, he just keeps driving. He's just going to go to Sally's house and she's not there. And he's going to be like, mm. um, and it'll take him three weeks to figure out that she doesn't want to be with him. <laughs> and if she just went, I fucking hate this. Okay. I'm just going to be a writer on this stupid fucking show. Yeah. 
and I'm just going to, you know, fuck Natalie, fuck these people. But because she resorted to the vengeance that everybody else is going through, these things intersect, you know? Yeah. And, and so, you know, it, it is consequences. It's, it's, it's us kind of, and I feel that, I mean, maybe it is a, a you know, like it's like a Catholic thing. I mean, all those people on the on the beach, everybody was like, Bill. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, you got to be punished, right? Or don't you have don't, you guys have guilt about anything? And it's like, well, you know. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I wasn't raped. My my friend Duffy Boudreaux writes on the show. He's like, you're the most Catholic non-Catholic. <laughs> Because my dad was raised incredibly Catholic, so I think just by osmosis, it all came down to me. Yeah, it's like it's not like you are passing judgment. It you're presenting a world in which consequences happen for people who do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Consequences <laughs> happen in this world. That doesn't obviously happen for everybody, but in this world with these people, I find it interesting to see. Well, here's the chain reaction of things in the universe, and it's and yeah. it's a very kind of. It is just a world where there's a fork in the road and it's so clear which way you should go. And we tend to go the other way. Yeah. Um, you you alluded to the comedy part of it. And I assume a lot of people are going like, is Barry even a comedy then? And then you yeah. say the thing you say. But in interviews be- around episode seven, you have been sort of warning and almost apologizing for this episode right. ahead of time. So how did you feel about a half an hour of there? I will admit there are things that are like a funny thing. Like it's conceptually funny and there's like ironies to things that happen. But like other than maybe when she pokes her in their eye, I'm not sure if you would laugh. Um, oh, in episode eight? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing. There's only one funny part in episode eight in my mind. And that's Gary Krause in the background saying, um, I haven't seen Albert since he cocked his gun in front of us and angrily laughed, which was. In- yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, was, yeah. that was the only joke in the whole episode. So what. As as a person in charge of the show, knowing that it is people might be watching it as a comedy, whatever that means to them, as a person seen as a comedy maker, how did you feel about that? How did your room that has some comedy writers in it feel about like they see the script and like, hey, Bill, there's that one joke way at the beginning and then it's sort of like a cavalcade of um, dire circumstances? Well, I mean, it's kind of like what I said before. I just kind of view yeah. it as a, a story and I and I and I do feel like the whole season's been building to this, you know. I don't feel like it's anything like um, unearned, you know. Mm-hmm. It it does feel like, you know, the show. The very 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 first shot of the entire series is not funny, you yeah. know. It's a dead body, and and that was very on, you know, very much done on purpose, you know. Um, and and so I think it's this kind of um, you're just trying to do what's honest for the characters in the story, and it felt like when we got to those last two episodes that trying to make things funny, it was like you had to kind of force it, mm. you know, and it wasn't it, it undercut what you wanted. Um, the characters to go through or what you felt the character should be going through. And when you're doing a show, like I said, about a murderer and you're doing a show that deals with domestic violence and trauma and PTSD and, um, you know, 
conversion therapy of a gay man and all this. It's like, it's, you can't really be that funny <laughs> at times, yeah. you know, if you're going to play portray it, honestly, the comedy comes from other moments, you know, yeah. those characters like in life. I'm the same way. Like I, I like movies and stories that have both things. You know, you talk about Flannery O'Connor is a perfect example, you know, whose work can be incredibly funny and incredibly grotesque. And it all makes, it feels like the human experience, you know, do you did, does, did you not want the audience to have the relief essentially in this? Like, do you, that if this is going to happen to these characters that the audience should be able to experience it sort of, I don't know what the word is, but like, you know, like if you laugh, you can sort of, you can make it more and more distance from it. And then you're just sort of like watching these things happen to these, your funny friends. Like, is that part of it? Do you either intentionally, or do you think that's an instinct to be like how we want to convey this story? I think it's just instinct. I mean, you're just, you're never purposely going like, let's take the audience and rub their nose in their own shit. You know what I mean? It's just going, well, Sally's had this happen. And what if, what if this happens, you know? Yeah. I mean, I had a friend at SNL say to me, um, watching this season, he goes, I feel like you're trying to make the whole world feel as anxious as you are. (laughs) (laughs) And you might be right. Maybe it's just an instinct where I go to the, you know, because I am a very anxious person. So, um, you know, maybe that's it. But I, you know, I, but it felt right. It just felt like, oh man, you don't want to sell everybody out. It's rough. It's a tough. It's a tough watch. But I think the performances are amazing. I really like where it goes. I think it's. Uh, I, I'm. I'm very proud of the last episode. You know. Yeah. I, I. I'm. And I'm. I feel lucky, not to be a corporate show, but to be like you know you're at HBO and that a lot of people would be like, no, you can't do this. Yeah. They were really into it you know they were like wow that's that's really powerful you know so um i just feel very lucky to be able to make something like that and but yeah i was warning people because it was you know you were seeing we had a screening for writers and uh a nice writer nikki hirshhorn had a little panic attack (laughs) and our mutual friend emma barry afterwards looked at me and went what the hell's wrong with you (laughs) Uh, you know, it was kind of like, oh, you, you know, it's like this is, you know, um, we're all fucked, right, right, guys? Yeah. No, but I, I don't know. There's, I always appreciate things that I would watch and feel, you know, oh, that feels honest. You know, you watch, you know. Yeah. I did another interview and someone, wow, this is really bleak, and I said, is it bleaker than anything you see on the news right now? You know what I mean? It's like I watch that and. All that stuff, you know, living in the pandemic and where the world's at and <laughs> uh, mass shootings and all these things, it, 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 it can't not, it's all in there emotionally, but yeah. not like a, I, I don't, I can't, I, I, I've never been like a, like an agenda driven person, you know, I don't think anybody yeah. else goes that way. So it's it's kind of like it's in there. Maybe you feel it, but it, it was never wanting to. The point of the show is not to tell the world, the world is bleak. It is to be like, this is the world viewed from yeah. my perspective. Yeah, this is, oh, I guess it's a bleak perspective. Yeah. It's a bleak perspective, but I don't think it's dishonest. I don't think it's anything that's yeah. dishonest, you know? And I do think 
you know, when you end it this way, people go, oh, is the show still funny? It's like, you know, that that last episode is it, but there's stuff in episode seven that I think is hilarious. And I think there's stuff in the whole season that's really, really funny, you know, that's genuinely funny. So I, I think there's a nice balance. It's just the last episode is rough. You, you have written season four. You're not going to tell me anything about it. Uh, but what does it mean for you are directing every episode? That is the thing we know about it. What does that sort of mean as an approach to a, a season of writing when you know that you are directing every part of it? You just see it as one big story, you know, and you just see it as I always kind of view it as like, oh, we're making like a four hour movie, you know. That's how I always kind of look at it. Mm. Never. And I think me directing all of them, one, I really love directing it. And I think two, you know, other people involved. So, you know, it is like a big game of telephone because I had it so kind of clear in my head how I want to do things that, you know, it, I think Aida Rogers was like, let's just read the tea leaves. I think, it, <laughs> I think you need to direct them all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because it is me in tone meetings with directors going, you know, it's this shot and everything, you know, I'm going, oh, man, back off. Let them have their thing. You know what I mean? And so it is like, um, and then I felt through season two, I got a little bit more confident. And, mm. and in this season, I got more confident. And so it was, it was like, oh, well, you know, we have a, a really great crew. We have a really great team. You know, and, and so much of my way of directing is prep, is prep, you know, it's a lot of prep. So then the actual days hopefully aren't brutal because you've prepped it so much. Yeah. You know, I mean, really the hardest thing we had to deal with in season three, if I'm being honest, is, uh, it was like hot weather when we were shooting fugues out by the, <laughs> when he's on that farm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that farm was so small and you saw in all directions, every time you turn the camera around, we would have to get rid of equipment and it would take mm, hours and the sun is going on down. And that was the hardest day of shooting. It wasn't the freeway. It wasn't <laughs> stuff that was, you know, all that stuff on the beach, you know, like, oh, how'd you do that? I was like, that was all done before lunch. You know, we all went home <laughs> after that, you know, so it was, um, but, um, yeah, you know, you just you just plan it and and it things tend to like kind of go smoother. But to answer your other question is like writing wise, I have to I I tend to just get up and read the scripts and go through it and while I'm writing them, I'm thinking about it and I'll send it to Liz Sarnoff, Duffy Boudreaux, you know, these people and they do give their notes and send it back and then I'll sit and think about it. But some of that stuff is going, yeah, the scene's good, but I can't really, I don't know how to shoot that or I don't, I don't yeah. know. It seems just like it's two people talking. It'd be great if we could put it someplace. And sometimes that doesn't come at the script page. Sometimes you're at a location, like we're saying the end shot. Yeah. You know, Ooh, no, it's not that it's this, you know? So that's kind of one of the nice things is when you're doing all of them is you're not having to go, Ooh, if I do this, does that fuck you over? Because you're trying to do this, mm. you know, it's all you. So, you know, you're just fucking yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a Barry. So it's fine. It's Barry, like, so it's like, Hey, everybody goes, Hey, how do you write and direct yourself? I'm like, I, I have no, why I, he doesn't speak. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dummy. I don't think yeah. it's seven. I say a word, you know, it's like, yeah, you don't have like a 20 minute monologue that you have to both like, 
you're just like uh, yeah you don't want to like, walk for that long it's not that you don't want to know what he has to say it's yeah, not no, it's not, not good. interesting yeah this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you taking the time. No problem. No, I hope uh, hope people like the season. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's it for another episode of Good One. You can watch Barry on HBO Max. Bill isn't on social media. Good One's produced by myself, Jelani Carter, and Camila Salazar. Scott Mushikishin did our theme song. Rate of you and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. Email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at goodonepodcast. I'm Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. Good One is a production of Vulture and the Vox Media Podcast Network. We'll be back this Thursday. Have a good one. Welcome to Good One. Show about talking them jokes. Mm, son. Hey, 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 good one. It's a good one. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until that presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work.